We welcome Grant Kimberly, the Director of Market Development for the Iowa Soybean Association. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right, you've done some travel here, and one of them was a pretty high-profile high guy. So you go out to California, where the president of China happens to be in town. What's that like for you and your industry? Yeah, you know, it, it kind of all came about uh, around the world food price here in Des Moines. The the new newer uh, ambas uh, Chinese ambassador to the United States came out to the world food price. We host hosted him on our farm and uh, got to talking. And, and of course, this is also the 40th anniversary of the Hebei, Iowa sister state relationship. Uh, and so there were some things related to that that happened that same week for World Food Prize. Um, and so all that being said, then it was mentioned, oh, uh, President Xi, uh, the president of China, is going to be at the APEC meeting in San Francisco here in a few weeks. And we would like the Iowa friends to come out and meet with him. Uh, the, the friends who uh, that they deem, they call what they call the Iowa friends who met with him and hosted him in 1985 in his first trip to Iowa. And then again in 2012, when he came back to visit uh, then Governor Branstead, later Ambassador Branstead. Um, and so uh, we were like, okay, uh, tell us more about this. And, uh, you know, what's the schedule look like? And we had to look, see, you know, there's only a few weeks to, uh, to see if it could even work. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, we, we were able to fit it in along with about another dozen, you know, 10 or 12 Iowans uh, with that went out with us um, who had all met President Xi before. Uh, and we went out to this uh, APEC meeting and had a, 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 a short private meeting with, with the president of China uh, right after he had met with President Biden. So, <laughs> so what's the dynamics of this? Because, you know, we're in the middle of a, a presidential campaign cycle and, you know, I mean, he's, he's kind of the enemy the way he's portrayed, right? We've got states that are trying to make sure that uh, uh, Chinese are not buying up farmland here and they have you know, big picture, they don't have very much in our country, but uh, that's a concern for people. You know, the, the whole balloon thing that went over farmland and uh, potentially some military installations. What it, So, I mean, but what you have to be focused on, you want them to buy more of our stuff so mm -hmm. how, how do you navigate forward with that dynamic? Yeah, you know, it, it is a tricky time in U.S.-China relations, and, and that's for sure. Um, you know, but I kind of separate a little bit what's going on at the federal government to government level. Uh, and then this is more of, in a way, citizen diplomacy uh, at work. And in order to stay out of conflict, uh, we need to trade with one another. We need to have a uh, some economic relationships and the citizen diplomacy thing is another piece that, uh, especially in Asian cultures, is a real thing. They, I think in, in Asian cultures in general, they like to be treated with respect as everybody does, um, but there's a term they use as called face and they certainly value having, you know, people when they treat them well, they reciprocate and want to treat them well in return. And so President Xi, when he first came to Iowa as a mid-level provincial uh, agriculture official in Hebei province in 1985 was treated really well and he had not forgotten that uh, and then again he wanted to come back and visit uh, in 2012 when he was just be uh, becoming the president again of China or getting that that role uh, and meet with uh, then Governor Branstead, Ambassador Branstead and 
And we uh, hosted him on our farm uh, as well. And we talked about the importance of agriculture trade, uh, the value uh, that U.S. soybean farmers place in, in uh, working to feed the world and to provide a safe, affordable, and sustainable supply of soybeans uh, to feed livestock and, and basically to, to help feed people uh, because uh, as you uh, grow your, your income, people grow their protein consumption. And that means more livestock production, that means more feed consumption. And so all those things factor in and he remembered that, uh, all those different things. And he wanted to visit with the, the Iowa friends that, that came to Iowa when he came to Iowa back in 2012. In the previous presidential administration, you know, there, of course, was the high-profile trade war. Um, mm -hmm. Then there were essentially subsidies to American producers to try to try to at least attempt to make them whole for some of those some of those losses at the time. As you step back and look at your industry today, how is it specifically regard uh, in regards to its partnership and uh, and market with China? Yeah, you know, China, I'll just back up even further than that. So we have had, Iowa's had a sister state relationship with Hebei province since 1985. The U.S. soybean industry has had an office working in China with their feed and livestock industry to grow that market on behalf of U.S. soybean farmers since 1982. So we've had a longstanding relationship as U.S. Uh, farming farmers and agriculture industry. Other agriculture sectors in the United States have also been working in China to develop that market. Um, and so it's a longstanding relationship. And you, you look at the, the world markets right now, and there's 1.3 or 4 billion people in China. Uh, more of them are, are moving into the middle class that's increasing their protein consumption. Um, and it's just a market that you just can't ignore. Uh, from a soybean perspective, they buy, China buys 60% of the world's globally traded soybeans. So out of all the soybeans that are traded and exported in the world from South America, North America, everywhere, and then all the different markets in the world, China is 60%. Um, and so, you know, another way to put it, you know, they buy roughly 30% of all U.S. soybeans grown. Um, you can't ignore that market. Um, there's not even another market close uh, to that market. We can't diversify our way uh, in, into some other market outside of China to that extent. Certainly, we are working in markets around around the world, and we'll talk more about that later uh, to diversify. But we've got to engage with China and continue to work with them. They need what we have as well. You know, as much as we need them as a market, they need us and what we can supply as well. And I think that all factors in. And so, yeah, we've grown this market over that period of time. The trade war, back to your original question, was something that was a, a painful process for U.S. farmers uh, to go through. We understand what the U.S. government was trying to accomplish at the time to try to rebalance some trade challenges that we've had with, with China. And there's no doubt there's been challenges there, and there's specifically in a lot of other industries. Um, and so trying to rebalance that made, made some sense at the time, um, but it, there's some collateral damage that happened. It, it hurt the Chinese consumers, no doubt about it, but, you know, it hurt U.S. farmers for a period of time, but we're thankful we're past that part of it, at least, and, you know, we did get the phase one trade deal signed, and that sort of restarted those normal trade relationships, at least from an agriculture perspective, and some other markets as well, and industries as well, so that helped us, and we've been seeing the Chinese market come back very strongly, um, Maybe not quite back to its high water mark in 2016, mm -hmm. but very close to that. So um, that's been a positive thing. 
And is there concern or have have U.S. producers overcome this now with that initial then could make South America producers uh, more attractive, right, uh, in the middle of all of this? And so we're not quite back to where we once were. Do you feel like um, that's something that can be regained? Yeah, I mean, I think it can be regained. We are regaining it uh, in China in particular. China's has some of their own internal struggles right now. Their economy, mm-hmm. I think it's been well reported, their real estate challenges that they have. And and that's and then, of course, the, the hangover effect of all their lockdowns that they had over there. Um, all those things have impacted their economy, which isn't doing real well right now. Um, and so, if anything, that probably impacts us more than now even the trade war did back in 2018 and 19. Um, the hangover effect from from their economic challenges. But if their economy improves more over time, you know, I think they're going to continue to increase their their demand uh, for these different uh, feed pro- products and, and, and protein products. But, you know, I think one thing we noticed right around this President Xi visit to San Francisco and when we as a group of Iowans, along with some other U.S. business leaders and and some other folks, there are some people representing relatives of the Flying Tigers, you know, who were the, the World War II veterans who mm-hmm. helped protect China and keep the Burma Road open during that war. They were there, too. And so you had these different groups who, over the time, had a history with China. And the Chinese remember that. They have that longstanding relationship and appreciate that. But as we got to go out there, within the week before and the week following, China made some huge purchases of U.S. soybeans for, for, for export during that period of time, actually at a time when global prices for U.S. soy were probably more expensive than Brazil and Argentina and South America, which is our chief competitor uh, when it comes to the global trade of, of soybeans for U.S. farmers. So you could see right there, they wanted to make a goodwill gesture. And uh, th- that was just one factor. And there's other things at play too. It's more than soybeans, but in a way diplomacy by soybeans is what, what occurred because they had some huge purchases of U.S. soybeans surrounding his visit to the United States. I feel like this might be a conversation for the Travel Channel, but I wanted to segue to Columbia because you went there too. And um, I'm curious, what did you come back with? What did you learn from that from that tra- trade mission trip? Yeah, well, I had the opportunity to participate with the state of Iowa agriculture trade delegation that went down to China, or sorry, not, not to China in this case. This time we went to Columbia, and um, I, that's another market that talked speaks right into the diversification of our markets around the world. Uh, China uh, is a big market, but Colombia is a huge market when it comes to soybean meal. China buys whole beans in most cases. Colombia and other markets in Central America and South and Northern South America that we can export to buys more soybean meal. And, uh, you know, I was a large soybean processor. Uh, so, and as we see, biofuels like aviation fuel, biodiesel, renewable diesel, those things grow. We're going to have more crush capacity, what we call soybean crush capacity come online. We're going to have more meal to export. And so markets like Columbia are important for that. We have good market share there, but we can grow that market share. And I think that market in general will continue to grow. They buy about 1.7 million metric tons of soybean meal a year. The U.S. exports about 13. So, you know, it's it's a sizable meal market. As you as you look forward to 2024, reflecting on what 2023 was for the industry, what are you thinking? 
you know, the global economic challenges around the world have been uh, a headwind for, you know, our industry. You know, we need world economies to do well because that means people eat better and they have more protein consumption. That means more exports for our products. Um, another example of that is Egypt. I did have a chance to go to Egypt uh, here in September and they've been a big market for U.S. whole soybeans. Uh, that's what they tend to buy. Uh, but it's come down a little bit in the last couple of years, partly because of their economic challenges. They're having currency issues, inflation issues. Um, and so, you know, we the market opportunities for our industry are still growing and still positive and vibrant for the future. But these world economic challenges are headwinds that are uh, slowing things down a little bit. And, you know, because we are in a tight, globally competitive market, Brazil continues to increase acres year after year. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, the trade war back to that incentivized Brazil to increase even faster. And we're dealing with the after effects of some of that. Um, uh, but, you know, those are the challenges we have to, to work through. And, and over time, though, I think we still have a, a bright future for our export markets. Grant, we appreciate the time. Hope to do this again soon. Sounds good. I appreciate it as well. It's a, it's a fascinating time to be uh, in international trade, that's for sure. For sure.